This morning's passage, uh, gospel reading, is inside your bulletin. If you'd like to read along, or you may listen, just let the Spirit speak to you. Let's pray. Holy God, thank you so much for your word, for how you uh, continue to speak into our lives, uh, not just at this moment, but every moment. And so, Lord, would you open our hearts, the eyes of our heart, to hear your word this morning. Uh, may, may it transform us more and more into the likeness of your Son. We pray these things in your name. Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled, land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, repent, for the sovereignty of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called to them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the dominion of God and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. Just what makes that little old ant Think he'll move that rubber tree plant. Anyone knows an ant can't move a rubber tree plant. But he's got high hopes. He's got high hopes. He's got high apple pie in the sky. Hopes so anytime. You're getting low, instead of letting go, just remember that ant. Oops, there goes another rubber tree. Oops, there goes another rubber tree. Oops, there goes another rubber tree plant. Huge rubber trees and bad commute traffic. The crazy price of health care in America and the never-ending dust in our homes. Bad hair days when we need to look presentable, and the wars around the world that are displacing innocent children by the thousands. We can, be, we can all be moved, that they can all be moved and changed and solved with our brilliant minds and our high innovative technology, right? Yeah, right. This past week, our nation inaugurated a new president and administration, 
And no matter how you and I feel about the people at the top, we know they have seemingly insurmountable challenges to face going forward. We demand that our leaders and teachers and pastors do something, anything, to help in our predicament. But deep, deep down inside, we wonder, is there any hope, real hope, that anyone or anything can move our pesky rubber trees, let alone the problems that are destroying our planet? The four fishermen in the passage from the Gospel of Matthew were probably feeling similarly about their lives as well. There are too many bothersome rubber trees and not enough fish in this lake. We've been doing the same old work for years and we have no health benefits or retirement pension. And we don't have much faith in the Roman government to change our lives for better anytime soon. Maybe we need a vacation or a pet sheet to take our minds off of all of this. But then Jesus comes on the scene and everything changes for Peter, Andrew, James, and John, just like it did for you and I, you and me, when we first met Jesus face to face. And his words to them and to us are so, so simple. Follow me. Do you remember? Do you remember what it was like when Jesus called your name and asked you to follow him? Are you out of your mind, Jesus? Of course, I will follow you. Oh my gosh, this is so great. You are so great, Jesus. I can't thank you enough for calling me. I love you so, so much. Think about someone or something you can't wait to see or to do. Think about it. How do they or how does the thing you want to do with all your might, what is, how does that make you feel? Answer me. <laughs> Energized. Excited. Joyful. Good, good. What else? New. Good word. Happy. happy. Amen. It better make you feel happy. <laughs> Amen. We feel energized and awakened and full of high hope. Hope that comes from place deep, deep inside of us. Because you see, what that person or that thing we love and Jesus all do at the end of the day is they awaken the light that is already in the fishermen and in us. We, you and I, and everyone we are the light of the world. Amen? Amen? Amen. Jesus calls you, Jesus' call to you and to me is how the light gets out. We spent the whole time in Advent talking about how the light gets in. But when Jesus calls you and me, that light then goes out. The light that you are, the light that's in you, gets out. 
Last summer, my, my husband and I, Mark and I, went on a very, very long road trip to Denver, Colorado. The reason for our, our incredible journey was the quadrennial gathering of all the gay and lesbian choruses throughout the US and the world with over 6,500 people in attendance. But for me, taking that trip was definitely God's calling. My Abba's voice calling me to not only go with Mark, but to drive to the Mile High City and back with an, in an SUV full of props for the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus's performances at the convention. This is a crazy, insane idea. Because for those of you that don't know my dark secret, I was born with a horrible, directionally challenged gene. You can be absolutely sure that wherever I'm supposed to be headed, I will be traveling the opposite direction. What was I thinking when I said I would do this? To make matters worse and to push my anxiety level completely over the edge, Mark was placed in the hospital for some inexplicable dizziness and pain he was experiencing in and near his eyes a week before our departure. How would we ever make it to Denver with our rubber trees and hats and canes without one or both of us literally falling off the wagon? The trip turned out to be one of the most life-changing experiences Mark and I have ever been on in our lives. There was miracle after miracle to witness at every turn along the way, including that of getting lost and turned around again and again and somehow finding my way back to the road I was supposed to be on all along. With the help of my wonderfully directionally gifted husband, God met us again and again in incredible sights we saw, the wonderful choruses that we heard, and the powerful souls of LGBTQ brothers and sisters that we talked and laughed and cried together with at a mountaintop experience. But of course, as you can imagine, there was a rubber tree moment in the trip for me. On the way home, Mark and I decided to stop at the Dinosaur Museum in Vernal, Utah. This meant that instead of staying on the big, wide, safe Interstate 70, I would have to get off and take a tiny two-lane road heading further north into terrain that had no towns or significant stops as far as the AAA map was concerned. I was more than a little nervous about boldly going where no gay chorus member had gone before. <laughs> but I had Mark with me. And I had God's gift to humankind, a GPS. 30 or so miles on the narrow road to dinosaurs, the GPS stops working and my helpful co-pilot is fast asleep. I kept driving, but something felt vaguely wrong to me. Vernal and home are to the west. I made a sharp left, so much so that Mark woke up for a moment and then went back to sleep. Now I was nervously heading west because I had no idea what road I was on 
and or whether this would lead to dinosaurs or whatever. Some time passed and suddenly something happened. My fear subsided and I finally noticed the scenery all around me. It was breathtaking. There was a winding river next to the road and the trees and the fields and flowers and bloom were all beyond description. And now, with no co-pilot or GPS, in the midst of the most amazing drive ever, I hear the voice of the one that called me here in the first place. Isn't this so much fun, Melvin? Driving without knowing where you are going. Isn't this crazy road trip to Denver and back the best time ever? Because you see, Melvin, this is what this trip is all about. It's not about depending on maps or GPS or people, but trusting me and the light I have created you to be from the beginning of time. You did it. You are doing it. You drove to Denver and back. Trust yourself and let your light shine. Let your light shine, Melvin, in such a way that you and the world around you are changed and healed and transformed into a place where rubber trees are no longer obstacles but gifts. Everyone and every wonderfully diverse thing and person are gifts to a world in desperate need of high hopes and love and laughter. Hang on to your hats, Melvin. You ain't seen nothing yet. You and I are the light of the world, amen? You and I have been called by God to bring healing to the nations and the neighborhoods we live in and the, fam and the families we belong to, amen? The Church of Jesus Christ stands once again at this Kairos moment, two days after the inauguration of a new administration, with the only power strong enough to move our rubber trees and bring healing to our land, the Holy Spirit's love and mercy. And I know, I get it, we feel lost and powerless without a map and instructions to tell us where we are going. Trust God and trust the light that you are. There is war and violence in our streets, and children are dying. Are dying. The light that God has made you and me is what will change this world. Helping others to know that they are light as well will bring the shalom we so long and hope for. And just so you know, this won't be easy. We are so afraid of the light that we are and the demands our light and our call are making in our lives. Marianne Williamson writes, our deepest fear, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I? to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous. Actually, who are you not to be? You, you are a child of God. Your playing small doesn't serve this world. 
There's nothing enlightening, enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. And it's not just for the sum of us, it is in everyone. Jesus calls fishermen and you and me to follow his lead and make manifest the light and glory that is in our hearts and souls. Jesus says, don't panic. Breathe. And look at the miracles that are already happening in and around you. You and I have high hopes because God is already at work in ways and places we've yet to know or imagine. You and I have a high hope that is based on relentless love and explosive mercy, which is in, which is out of this world and is exactly what this world needs now. You and I will move rubber trees and will heal and transform our nation and the world just by being light, we, the light we were meant to be, and that Jesus continues to and calls to again and again and again because we have high hopes. Sing with me. We have high hopes. We have high apple pie in the sky. Hope so anytime you're feeling low, instead of letting go, just remember that and Oops, there goes another rubber tree. Oops, there goes another rubber tree. Oops, there goes another rubber tree plant. Amen.